You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sia Najad and Mike McClure out of town. So I brought in a big gun, none other than James, the Degenerate 75. James, how's it going? I mean, pretty good. I, I woke up a little bit earlier than normal today, but I'll do anything for Sia. I got the 40 ounce of cold brew ready to go. So I'm oh. focused and ready to talk DFS. How much of that 40 ounce do you clear like in a morning? Oh, I, I, I'm all, I always one minimum of them, right? You gotta have a, you gotta have one minimum. And sometimes if I'm feeling saucy, I'll get through probably like a half of another one. A lot of caffeine goes through the big guy in a given day. Oh, let's go. I start out with a double espresso and then I have like another one at around three o'clock. That's how I get uh, nope. through my day. Would never be able to go to sleep if I had one at three o'clock. You got to shut it down by noon. If I'm still, if I'm still drinking it past noon, just know I'm up past midnight guaranteed. Oh, my friend, I'm always up past midnight regardless. Oh. All right. Uh, enough of that banter. Listen, we've got an 11 game slate to talk about. Um, I do want to I do want to promote your contest, James, but also obviously mention to everybody our fantasy football today DFS contest. The link for that is actually in the YouTube chat. It's also going to be in the YouTube description and the podcast description for this show that you're listening to. If you're not watching us live, James, you've got a three max five dollar contest as well. How can people find it? Uh, yeah, you, I, I, I imagine if the editor's watching, he might be able to just throw it in the chat right now. I don't know. Uh, the other way would just be over to my YouTube channel, Degenerate75, uh, or on Twitter, at the Degenerate75. We tweet it out, and it's in the link of uh, my NFL videos, which I think I do about 47 a week, so you should be able to find one of them. <laughs> that would be amazing if he can drop that in the chat, uh, but if, if he doesn't, then everybody go, definitely go find that. Um, I think we should get started. We've got 11 games here. We've got eight in the one o'clock window. We have three in the four o'clock window. I wish there were four in the four o'clock window. I love playing the afternoon slate. Three is a little short, especially with the game selection that we have, but whatever, we can make the most of that. But let's start with a game that I think is actually moderately exciting from a DFS standpoint. And I emphasize the word moderately here. I'm going Cowboys minus 10 and a half at the Panthers. It's a 42 and a half point total. You know, the reason I think this is interesting is, well, let me ask you. I mean, first of all, Pollard. I, I haven't played Pollard much this year, and I didn't play him last week when everybody seemed to think it was a great play. Now he's 6,600, and I wonder, James, I don't know if you've been on him or not, but I wonder if he's a guy that you're interested in. And if not, a Dak stack, whether it's to CeeDee Lamb or a guy like Brandon Cooks. I mean, Cowboys should score a lot of points. Are you interested at all in this game? So two big takeaways. I did buy the the Pollard uh, noise last week because Shame I just I, I just knew. I know that they want to get him caught up. They want to get him going, right? And so I thought, hey, let's get this guy. Um, you know, let's. They're going to get this guy goal line touches, and he did. He got his goal line touches, and he just is like allergic to the end zone this year. And I I'm going to probably go back to the well again this year. They're going to try to have one of these get right games. The other thing is I was worried about the Cowboys blowing out the Giants. I thought, well, Dak can't have a good game. They're going to blow them out, right? Uh, problem with that is the, the the Cowboys are like the 2007 Patriots. They don't care. They're up 42 in the fourth quarter, and they're just play action and over the top. So if they're going to continue to do that, Dak stacks are, are uh, incredible, as Dallas has a huge total on this slate. Do you run anybody back on the other side if you're doing that? Uh, I, I mean, look, if I had to, I would probably, you know, I think Chuba Hubbard has clearly won that backfield over. So he's interesting. Yeah. And I think even if they are playing from behind, he could be involved in the passing game. I think most people are going to want to go Adam Thielen. But man, if you're already paying up for Dak and then you're paying up for CD and now you're going to go put a $7,500 Thielen in there, like where are you going to punt out with your lineup? That would be my mm -hmm. question. And I just don't know that I want to be that committed. 
And we got the fantasy football today account. I think they put in the chat your DFS contest, by the way. So again, even if you're not watching us live, you go back and watch this show. You can get uh, both of our contests here. Uh, DJ and yours is a, a three max. Ours is just a one. Um, go ahead and play in both of those. Yeah, I think Hubbard's a really sneaky play. I, I, you know, I'm not looking at ownership right this second, but when I looked at it before, I seem to recall he wasn't collecting a lot of ownership, James. And to me, at 4,900, whether you're running a stack in this game or not, I feel like Hubbard has some value. Yeah, I will. I will. I, I, I'm. I'm thinking he'll probably be right at double digit ownership, which okay. and the and the reason is simple, right? It's not like he, I'm not talking twenty percent. I'm talking literally ten or eleven percent. But the reason why is there are just such great wide receiver options this week that people are going to pay up and get one of those nine thousand dollar receivers. And when you're paying up to get a nine thousand dollar receiver, it almost always forces you on DraftKings to have to punt at one of your running back positions. And who's the one punt you can play under five thousand dollars that doesn't make your lineup feel disgusting? It's Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, there's just not a lot of punt running backs, at least not at this point of the week on a, on a Friday uh, approaching early afternoon here. Uh, anything else to say on this game? Were you pro or con on Pollard this week at 66? I'm, go, I'm going back to him. They're going to have a get-right game for Pollard, right? He's going to have one of those 30-point games this year, and people will look back at the end of the year and be like, oh, Pollard averaged 18 points a, ge- a, a game, and we'll forget how terrible he was week in and week out at fantasy football. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, let's go to another game. By the way, if you have questions in the chat, uh, feel free to uh, to ask them, and we'll try to get to them during this show. James A. says, absolutely crushed cash games last week with the Bengals-Texans stack. Mike's lineup was fire. By the way, uh, Mike will have uh, – well, he's not going to be on this very show, but he has his top three at each position. We'll, we'll go over that at the end of the show. So, everybody, I'm sure you're anticipating that. Uh, let's go to – a more exciting game, certainly from a point standpoint. Bears plus seven and a half at the Lions, 48 point total. I think the big news in this game is Justin Fields is back, and I do think that's big news. I think Justin Fields and DJ Moore, uh, Justin Fields at 6,900, DJ Moore at 5,600. I think that's viable. Cole Komet at 4,100. He was great with Tyson Bajan. Uh, you know, I think he's up and down with, with Justin Fields, but I like that side of it. But of course, the Jared Goff side at home in a 48 point total. Amon Ross St. Brown, very expensive at 8,800. Laporta, pretty expensive, not a tight end. I really want to pay up for this week at 5,800. But this game could have like major fireworks. Is this like, I know you play a very limited number of stacks, James. Does this make the cut? And if not, is it is it just on the outside looking in? So uh, I hate, you know, I take great pride in not being a tout, right? But I'm going to get a little touty right now. See so you. Forgive me. Nice. I, I think I'm only running one stack. You know, I do a process video every week over on my uh, uh, website talking about how I did the last week, things I could do to improve. And one of the things I've really noticed is the weeks that I've had the most success, I commit to one stack, right? Instead of wow. two, I just commit mm-hmm. all my lineups to that one stack. And that's what I'm going to do the rest of the season uh, moving forward. And I am pretty sure on a Friday, my one stack is going to be Justin Fields. I love, let's not forget before Justin Fields got hurt, the Bears finally figured figured out who Justin Fields is. He knows how to do two things well. He can throw a bomb 60 yards down the field and he can run like a gazelle, right? Those are the two things he does well and they were finally letting him do that. He's not Tom Brady who's going to pick you apart with six to eight yard passes, right? And now you put him on the Coors Fields of of the NFL uh, Detroit Stadium. Uh, what is that? Ford Field. I, yep. I just, I absolutely love this matchup for him and there's not a chance that the pace of this game is not pushed and Justin Fields is either going to have a complete ceiling game to keep this game close or Detroit just boat races them and Fields does nothing, but that's okay because I'm playing GPPs and I want to get first or I want to get last. And Justin Fields, one last cherry on top is he basically only throws the ball to two people. So you either just skinny stack him with Komet or skinny stack him with uh, Moore. Yeah, and I think Justin Fields has a lot to prove, Uh, just like Kyler Murray. I mean, listen, the Bears not only are not a good team, but they also own the Carolina Panthers draft pick. Like, if if you kind of crash and burn over the last part of this season, I I think all of a sudden – I shouldn't even say all of a sudden. I think you you have some opinions that are kind of in concrete in terms of maybe we move on from Justin Fields. This is a really good spot for him to get himself back on the map. I mean, Detroit, by the way – they can apply a lot of pressure to Justin Fields, which he doesn't really respond well to necessarily, but they also give up a lot of big plays. Mm-hmm. And I think, and we, we saw what they did against the, granted it was in Baltimore, but we saw what Detroit did against the mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson just a few weeks ago. They got absolutely cooked. Justin Fields is not Lamar Jackson, but I, I think that type of offensive performance going against Detroit in good conditions is certainly in play. If you run that bear stack, though, is it with DJ Moore and do you run it back with a Detroit guy or two so, Detroit guys? I was going to ask you, see, I need help. I have pretty much decided I'm in on the Justin Fields stack, but the problem with Detroit is, yes, they have uh, the second highest total team total on this slate, which makes them a very appealing offense. But the problem is, is they really do spread the love between uh, DeMont and, and Gibbs at the running back spot, uh, uh, Amon Ra, Laporta, and then, you know, the myriad 
myriad of wide receivers they have. Um, you know, I think Jamison Williams getting more involved. Um, I don't know who to run it back with. I mean, obviously, the obvious answer, the safest one's probably Amon Ross St. Brown, but $8,800 yeah. is pretty, pretty steep. So I would love for you to give me a run back option for my field stacks. So to me, first of all, I, I hate the Amon Ross St. Brown price. I, I just hate it. But but maybe that keeps ownership down. Obviously, there's all there's always like the inverse of, of the bad price or the, what we perceive as the bad price. The inverse of that is low ownership. Typically, uh, I, I would do it with Amon Ross St. Brown. First of all, and we have some questions in the chat when it comes to Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. I don't want to make that choice. Mm. I, I have no idea when it comes to those two. I mean, are they? Are they splitting drives? Are they fully splitting carries? Who's getting the touchdowns? How many touchdowns split among the two? I, I don't think you can necessarily be wrong taking either of them. I just I just wonder about their ceiling. When it comes to Amon Ra, as much as Jamison Williams or Khalif Raymer or Josh Reynolds or even Sam Laporta might get touches, we kind of know every week Amon Ra St. Brown's going to get 8 to 12 targets. Like, we kind of know it. And so I think that would probably be my run back, especially in a competitive game. I see Jared Goff kind of leaning on – uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. And then your hope is the touchdowns come through the air and they don't come through what we saw last week a little bit with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. That, that's that it's expensive, but I think that's how I'd do it. To me, the problem with Gibbs and Montgomery is they're both priced like their lead backs, but they're both basically 50 50. I know they're 50 50 in one of probably the three best running games in the NFL, but still, when I pay $6,600, $7,000 for a running back, I want like RB1 touches, which yeah. is like 18 or more for me. So that, that that's what makes me reluctant to play those two. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to another game. If you have questions about this game, uh, please let us know. I'll tell you in, in that Bears stack. And, and by the way, did you confirm the DJ Moore stack? Is it with, excuse me, the Justin Fields stack? Is it with DJ Moore? Oh, yeah. I mean, DJ Moore is the is the home run hitter, right? There's a good chance. he's The, the best thing about DJ Moore is he's going to get you 5.6 points or he's going to get you 32.6 yeah. points. And that's mm. what I want for GPPs. I ain't playing cash, homie. I want I want somebody who's going to blow up in my face or who's going to blow up a GPP. And uh, I, DJ Moore and Justin Fields both offer that. So uh, let, let, that, that's that's what that's why I love them for my GPP stacks this week. Yeah, that old saying you're either first or you're last. Uh, right. it, it really kind of applies. That mantra really applies to GPP. You got it. You got to shoot for the ceiling, not for some middle range. Every week I go look at my worst GPP lineup and, you know, like it'll be way back in a GPP. And sometimes I look at it and I'm like, yes, yes. Like I'm almost <laughs> proud that like it was so bad because, you know, just because it went bad, that, that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good lineup. It just means that like you made some bold plays and those bold plays didn't work out. That's part of playing GPPs right now. If I went and looked at that and that was my cash lineup, then maybe I'm doing something wrong. I need to be a little bit more disgusted with myself. But when you're playing GPPs, you've got to have a certain amount of all or nothing guys in there. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, and, and I, I would agree, by the way, this this game, uh, this Detroit game is is certainly one of my favorites. Obviously, we're going to get to uh, another game that a lot of people like, and that's going to be that Houston Texans game in terms of like maybe top two stacks that we're, we're likely going to see. Houston's definitely going to be in there with Arizona. Uh, let's go, though, to an interesting another interesting game with a lot of points. Raiders plus 13 and a half at the Dolphins. It's a 46 point total. Listen, the. the I don't know. So speaking of running backs, I don't exactly know what's going on. Nobody knows, right? With with Achan and, and Moster, like how how that split's going to go. It looks like Achan's going to, barring a setback, he's going to be out there. He's sixty six hundred going against a very porous Raiders offense, allowing over four point five yards per carry. Then you got Tyree Kill at ninety three hundred. I think the two stack is sneaky because I don't think a lot of people are going to do it. But that's also really expensive. I know you're not playing this stack because you just told us what your strategy is. But if you were to have like a top three stacks would, would Tua and Tyreek be in it or you're just going somewhere else? Look, I, I, this is very simple. And I, I realized this week two of the NFL, I watched the dolphins play and I, and I made myself a promise. I, I went to, I went to a mirror. I looked myself in the eyes into my soul. And I said, when the dolphins are home, you do not fade them. And I've, and I've kept that promise to myself this entire season. There is a 100% chance. I will have a dolphin or two in my player pool. I cannot make it my primary stack just because it's so price prohibitive. Pricing mm -hmm. is relatively tight this week. And if you're trying to stack Tua and Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, and then try to run it back with Devon, Adams I don't even know if you have three thousand dollars per player left so like that it's like it, it almost becomes impossible you you can't just think of how good your primary stack is you got to think about what it does to the entirety of your lineup but to completely fade the Dolphins I think is a fool's errand this week I you know like I am either going to probably have Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle mixed into my player pool because they are going to go off and much like we were talking about 
uh, a little bit ago. They'll be up 28 in the fourth quarter. They don't care. They're still just chunking 50-yard passes downfield to Tyreek Hill, right? They don't do that. Let's throttle it down. We're up a lot, right? And yeah. uh, that killer mentality can be so nice because not only did they get ahead, so they've already scored a lot of points. They're still trying to get even more with Tyreek Hill, who already has 35 in the fourth quarter, and they're still throwing him bombs. So uh, I, I'm definitely playing a Dolphin. I will say the running back situation scares me a little bit. Uh, yeah. A Chan reminds me so much of Tony Pollard from last year. It's like he cannot keep being this efficient, and then he just keeps being this efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, I you know I, I think as I told you, if I'm spending sixty six hundred dollars, I want an RB one, a guy who's getting eighteen plus touches. Yeah, and it's weird how these two have been priced. Right? It's just like that that Gibbs um, Montgomery situation. Raheem Mostert sixty nine hundred, Devin Achan sixty six hundred. Like you would have thought one of those guys would have dropped. Like particularly like Mostert because Achan perceived to be the running back that's going to get the line share. Maybe not of the carries, but of the yards. Uh, let me ask you about a couple guys before we move on to the next game. Uh, you mentioned Tyreek Hill. You mentioned Jalen Waddle. We talked about the the offensive side for the Dolphins, but you mentioned Devontae Adams. I think a, a lot of people might end up on him. I don't think I'm going to be one of those people at 7,900. Any opinion on that? And then Josh Jacobs, a very reasonable price at 6,800, probably gets a lot of running game work. And even when the game is out of hand, even though Amir Abdullah and guys like that do come in, Jacobs likely to get some receiving work. Are you on either of those two guys? Josh Jacobs is 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 game is game script proof, right? If the yeah. Dolphins are ahead, or excuse me, if the Raiders are ahead, he's going to have a good game. If the Raiders are behind, he's going to have a good game because he just never leaves the field. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Devontae Adams, I I, I think that's going to be very low owned. I, I think you're uh, forgetting how tight pricing this uh, is enough. this week. Yeah. People are not trying to get 7,900 Devontae Adams. He's over 5%. I will eat my hat live on the air. Um, and so that makes him a really interesting run back because if we've seen this more than once this year, the squeaky wheel syndrome, right? Whenever wide receivers start complaining about not getting the ball, it seems like clockwork. The next game, auto 12 targets coming in. And Devontae Adams is still an elite talent. So uh, if they're going to have any chance of competing in this game, I don't see a way in which Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams, if not both, have a monster game. Yeah, that's fair. I'll I'll also point out if if you're looking for salary relief, whether it's because you're stacking this game or something else, I do think Michael Mayer has some I don't want to say breakout potential. And I think if you're playing him, you, you might end up like playing two tight ends because there's other really good tight ends on this slate. But Mayer at 2,700, because pricing is so tight, there's very few options. There are some at the receiver position that you can take a chance on. Mayer's definitely a risk, but at 2,700, he ran a ton of routes last week. He only had three receptions, but we saw him get the touchdown. Um, I could see him being used a little bit more. So it's just somebody I thought I wanted to bring up. And then the Dolphins defense at 3,200. Like, listen, the Raiders are going to be in a trailing game script. It's Aiden O'Connell. Like, this could get ugly. Uh, Mm -hmm. It could take, it could actually effectively take the offense out of the game a little bit, at least maybe in the third and fourth quarter. And then maybe if you tied him to Achan or maybe a risky Mostert uh, or tied that defense to one of those guys, uh, you might be in a pretty good shape. So, there's something to think about. Uh, All right. We're going to move on to uh, a couple of games that we're probably going to fly through so that we can get to some of these uh, big time games, because some of these games really like they they don't have a lot of DFS implications. Uh, But before we touch on one of those, uh, let's hear a message from our partners. Did you know that while over 60 percent of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20 percent of them take the first step? The reason building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so let's go to the Steelers plus one and a half at the Browns. This is a low total. There's not much to speak of this game, I don't think. 
Now, Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be the starting quarterback. It surprises me a little bit. I loved him at UCLA, by the way, but I just don't think he's ready to play quarterback right now. I'm not watching practice. I could be wrong. He's 4,500. I think Jerome Ford is interesting to people. I know Mike McClure likes Jerome Ford at uh, 5,200. I don't really like anything on the Pittsburgh side going against the Cleveland defense. Uh, I don't really, I don't think I'm going to get to Jerome Ford or really anybody in this game. Although Ford is at least moderately intriguing because of his price. Uh, do you share the same opinion? Or are you just moving on past this game or are there guys you like? So first of all, when I agreed to come on here, I'm pretty sure I signed a document saying I would not come on the show if there was going to be Kenny Pickett slander. And here you are just completely overlooking him. It's, it's uncalled for, it's unprovoked, and it's unappreciated. Uh, no, I'm kidding. The Steelers are awful. And they're, uh, the, the worst part is, is because they keep winning games, it's disguising how bad they are at offense, right? Yeah. And they're, it, it, we're not here to play uh, uh, who's going to win the game. We're here to play fantasy football. And at fantasy football, the Steelers are getting to be unplayable. I will say their running game really has came to life with uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. But I think the reason it's being so successful is because it is two guys. You don't have that. Both of those guys have a lot of rubber left on their tires at the end of games because they're only, you know, getting those 12 to 14 touches and they're not getting beaten up all game. But at the same time, I don't know how many times I got to say this on the same show. I don't like to play guys who are splitting uh, carries. I like my running backs to be guys who are RB ones. And I don't think either of those guys qualify. So I'm out on the Steelers. Yeah. And are you in at all on Jerome Ford? I mean, speaking of splitting carries, Kareem Hunt does get some work in, a, in at all on Jerome. An Ford. annoying amount is how much he gets, right? Just enough, yeah. just enough to, to make Jerome Ford like a, you know, a Chevrolet or something. But, uh, you know, like I, I just can't, I, I, if, if I were going to punt, I would still like Hubbard, but Ford would be my second favorite running back punt. And depending on who you want to go with at wide receiver, I think you're going to have to be uh, uh, open to punting at one of your running back positions. All right. Well, let's talk about another running back. That's probably going to get a lot of work maybe two in this Giants commanders game. So the Giants are plus eight and a half. This line is coming down a little bit. I think it touched 10 came back down to eight and a half, which this seems like a more reasonable, efficient number. That's a 37 point total. I just don't think there's going to be much interest in this game. But with that said, Brian Robinson starting to get some passing work, certainly gets the lion's share of the rushing work. And I'll note that Antonio Gibson has missed a couple practices so far this week. So Robinson may be in line for a little bit more work than normal. Uh, with that said, I don't love the ceiling for Brian Robinson, even though his price is pretty good at 5,800. You got Saquon on the other side, a very reasonable 7,100, except for the fact that Tommy DeVito's is his running back, and I just wonder what the touchdown equity is for Saquon Barkley. Uh, I'm not interested in anything in this game. How about you? Yeah, Brian Robinson to me is fool's gold this week, right? If you go back and you watch their game last week, it's not like they were targeting him, right? I know he got six catches. You're like, what do you mean they weren't targeting? Like they weren't drawing up plays. These weren't screens. These were, you know, the, his biggest play was a busted, was a broken play in which he slipped out of the backfield and the quarterback hit him on a really nice play. If you think those are going to be common or something you can expect and projecting, I, I, I don't think you understand uh, NFL projections. I, Brian Robinson is a guy that's just kind of a runs it up the middle for two yards. You hope he falls in the box for a touchdown and get you ten to twelve points. Uh, Expecting him to, you know, continue to get seven or eight targets a game, uh, even if uh, Antonio Gibson's out. I think you're uh, being very, very wishful. Um, this just seems like a super sloggy game to me, and uh, sloggy games are not usually very conducive to uh, high-scoring uh, fantasy performances. Totally agree. And, and by the way, if Gibson is out, while Brian Robinson might enjoy a couple more touches. They'll actually design some plays maybe out of the backfield for guys like Curtis Samuel. So, like, don't be surprised if all of a sudden you've got, you know, basically. Curtis Samuel playing some halfback or some running back because uh, that that is something that that we know he can do uh, and, and that Ron Rivera likes to do. All right, let's go to a much more interesting game with a total that has about 12 points on this commander's total. It's the Cardinals plus five at the Texans, 48 and a half point total. This just eclipses, at least for now, that Detroit game by a half a point. So those are two, the two like real high totals, although the Dolphins won at 46 is pretty high as well. Uh, listen, Noah Brown and, and Damian Pierce, just a note here that they missed Thursday's practice. Let's see what happens on Friday. Nico Collins is returning. So that's really important. Stroud's 7,000. So he's, you know, we, we've seen him get priced up over the last few weeks. Kyler though, he's really economical. James Connor, I think at 5,700, he's really economical. Devin Singletary at 5,300. I like that. You got guys like Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore in the like below 3,500 range. And then of course, Trey McBride at 4,400. And I haven't even mentioned Tank Dell yet at 5,900. There's so much going on here that I think even though it's the chalky game. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention Dalton Schultz. He's like one of my favorite plays this week. It's, it's, it's Even though it's a chalky game, there's so many different ways to play it. So my question for you is, knowing that you're playing that Justin Fields deck, would this be the, one, the 1B to that 1A? 
Yeah, the chalkiest game of the week, just from my experience, this is part of my process. I encourage everybody to have their own process, but I have found um, that, that there's there's basically two ways to play. Them. There's three ways to play, them, but only two ways. I think you can completely fade the game and just hope that nothing happens. I, I, that's the way that I never play these. You can go overweight on it, meaning that you just get way more involved in this game than the general field is. Or to me, my most preferred way to play these games is you get in these games and you play pieces, but you play pieces that will, compl- that will completely contradict the success of others others right so you know to me I, I love the arizona side of this they're much they're they're priced much more affordably the the usage is much more concentrated you know you basically only got to pick about three pass catchers McBride, uh, maybe Michael Wilson, and definitely Marquise Brown, right? I think James Conner's interesting, and they're all priced cheaper. Uh, but on the Houston side, it's a lot more complicated. CJ Stroud up to $7,000 for a guy that offers little to no rush equity is getting a little pricey, right? Like he's starting to get priced with elite quarterbacks. And the biggest problem with him is who do you stack him with? There's a very good chance that for the first time all year, Houston will have all four of their yeah. top wide receivers healthy. And let's not forget John Mechie, who is their fifth wide receiver, is also serviceable. So trying to guess who to properly stack Stroud with, you're probably going to need to build like 20 or 30 Stroud lineups just to get all the different combinations right to try to hope that you pick the two that he goes off with because it's not clear who that's going to be. So I think maybe the play is just go grab Singletary and hope that he kind of gets falls in the box twice and, and, and steal some of that equity from the passing game of the Houston Texans. Okay, if you were to do that, would you run it back with like a, a very affordable and, and likely efficient like Trey McBride? Like would, you wouldn't just grab the Devin Singletary piece, right? You'd yeah, no, maybe I, grab I, one or two I, other guys. Oh, I, I, I think every lineup I build this week will have a Cardinal in it, right? I just love yeah. their total. I think Kyler looked amazingly impressive this week. I kind of want to run Kyler stacks, but I just think he's going to be way too owned to do that. So I'll just go play the more explosive version of him and Justin Fields. But to, to, to ignore the Cardinals, I think is a fool's errand. I will definitely have Marquise Brown. I really like Michael Wilson. And yes, I will be mixing Trey McBride in. Uh, I'm going to have a, a piece of the Cardinals in every single one of my lineups. Let me ask you this. What what if I didn't guess on like Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, and Marquise Brown, and I just did Kyler Murray to Trey McBride? I know volume's going to Trey McBride, and I know obviously volume's going to the other receiver, but I don't want to declare on that. Let's say I run it back with Dalton Schultz because I don't think of all the pass catchers, I'm not sure Dalton Schultz volume changes whether Nico is healthy, Noah Brown. So what if I ran a Kyler Murray, Trey McBride, and then a Dalton Schultz run back Am I not doing enough with the stack or is that just right potentially? You know, sometimes I think people get caught up when they do a quarterback and they want to stack. They always assume that you have to stack with a wide receiver. And sometimes they forget the number one pass catcher can often be a tight end. Right. You know, uh, Mark Andrews last night, rest in, you know, rest in peace to his season. But like yeah. he's he's Lamar's number one wide receiver. I know he's a tight end, but he's the number one wide receiver. He's the number one pass catcher on the team. Right. And I think Trey McBride is shaping up to be that guy. I think he is going to lead the Cardinals in targets for the rest of the season season, which is a pretty bold statement. He can be the number one wide receiver, even though he's a tight end. So Kyler runs one in. Kyler uh, uh, rushes for 60 yards. He also uh, throws for 250 and he throws 80 of those to McBride and a touchdown to him. Those two are likely the perfect correlation that you're going to need to to uh, get there. And then, yeah, I love your your take on Dalton Schultz. Uh, he's the one guy that's probably not going to be impacted because he doesn't care who's rotating at receiver. He's still going to be running his tight end routes. And he is still, in my opinion, probably a top seven tight end in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, that, I, I know I'm going to play that stack, so I'm just uh, intrigued by that answer. So um, maybe I'll throw in another guy in, in like a, a variation of that stack. And I think James Conner is interesting. Texans pretty solid against the run, but Conner's going to get, first of all, more of a snap share than he did last week. He's going to be the dude for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think he can run a little bit, but I think he's going to catch some passes too. I mean, I think some of the dump off stuff, like we're going to see to James Conner, like we used to see maybe a year ago or so when Kyler Murray was healthy. So I think he's... And- Interesting at 50. Don't forget, James Conner, unlike Tony Pollard, not allergic to the end zone either. Like he, mm-hmm. he doesn't mind falling in the box for you. That's exactly right. Uh, anything else on this game that we missed? I know it's an important game. Let me ask you this: If you like, this is a tough question. I don't know that there's a right answer, but if you had to pick between Michael Wilson and Rondale Moore, thirty-four hundred versus thirty-three hundred, who do you take? Uh, I, I, I'm re- I'm just really warm to Michael Wilson. We know what Rondell Moore is, right? We've been seeing yeah. him for years, but Michael Wilson seems to be a guy that's ascending, whereas Michael Moore is just a guy who's plateaued, or uh, Rondell Moore is just a guy who has uh, plateaued long ago. So anytime that two guys are equal, I'm always going to take the one that I believe is ascending, and to me, that is clearly Michael Wilson. All right, let's move on to... We had, uh, by the way, somebody... Uh, I, I can't pronounce whatever that screen name is. He says, the DGen on Sia and Pat Mayo, hashtag little site that could... 
Love that. <laughs> and he says, skinny stack Purdy this week. Uh, we'll get to that game. Uh, I don't mind uh, Purdy at all, actually. Uh, let's go Chargers minus three at the Packers. I can't believe I'm saying this because I've been out on Jordan Love since the moment he was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. With that said, he gets to play the Chargers at home. So I wonder, is a Jordan Love stack in play for you here in terms of like maybe a top five stacks to consider? I don't know who to stack him with. I think Musgrave's in play. We talked about that tight end situation. Jaden Reed's getting a lot of touches. Romeo Dobbs is certainly a guy that's you know relatively inexpensive. And then Christian Watson all the way down to 4,600. If you were trying to take down a big GPP and you were throwing a, a, a couple bullets in there, does a Jordan Love like Watson stack make sense to you with maybe – because Keenan Allen is limited, you know, he's probably going to play, but he's been limited in practice. Maybe you run it back with Eckler. If you're playing in fields with over 10,000 people or, you know, uh, heaven forbid you're playing in the millionaire maker, I, Jordan Love would literally be the second stack I would consider. I think they're going to come in at probably less than 1%, well, maybe 2 or 3% owned, but that's still a nothing burger, right? Mm-hmm. And the best part is, is he is so affordable, right? He's only priced at 5,600, but you, when you look at a quarterback, you're not just considering him, you're considering the, uh, the stackable options you have with him. And his options are so affordable, right? Christian Watson at 4,600, if you do DraftKings price adjusted for talent, I think Christian Watson is definitively the best value on this slate, right? He is a super talented wide receiver. He still got seven targets last week. He is going to get that regression. He's going to have a big game soon. And yes, I would love a Jordan Love Christian Watson stack in big field stuff because it's going to be low owned. It's going to be cheap. So now you can go get that expensive Tyreek Hill or or CeeDee Lamb or whoever you want and still have a great stack that's going to be correlated and low owned in an environment that could shoot out because the Chargers don't play a lick of defense. Yeah, I mean, you could go, you could go Jordan Love to Watson to Musgrave, mm-hmm. and again, run it back with. Maybe you don't need a run back. Like I'm a little worried about Keenan Allen, but I do think it could be a good spot with Eckler if Keenan Allen is limited. You're going to see so many dump offs uh, to, to Austin Eckler, like we typically see in those circumstances where some of the receivers are banged up. We saw the exact same thing last year with Mike Williams banged up, Keenan Allen banged up. That's when Austin Eckler's catch rate started to spike. Uh, Jalen Guyton, Quentin Johnston, interested in them at all? Yeah, I, I think Guyton's pretty interesting, right? Yeah. At that price, you're going to need that that pun option. If we think that this game has at least, I, I, this would be one of my quote unquote sneaky shootout games. And if we think that's going to be the case, I, I, I've just given up on Quinton Johnson. I know he finally caught a touchdown last week, but he's still he's just not good. Like he's no, not that you're not that guy, pal. And mm-hmm. uh, you know you know who is that guy? Well, maybe not that guy, but a guy who is serviceable. We've seen be successful before, Jalen Guyton. And d- Justin Herbert throws a beautiful long ball, and Jalen Guyton loves catching him. So that's enough for me to be interested. Yeah, I think Jalen Guyton is a, is a pretty smart play, especially if Keenan Allen is back. And if up. you're running Jordan Love, Christian Watson, and running it back with Guyton, you might be able to get two 9K receivers in that lineup. Ooh, don't hate that. Definitely doing that in one of my lineups. Uh, what I'm not doing is probably playing much in this Titans game at the Jaguars. Titans plus seven. Listen, I think D-Hop coming off a bad game, but I, I do think he's pretty solid at 6,100 still. I think he has plenty of ceiling, plenty of upside. Uh, you don't typically run against the Jaguars. You pass, and so that certainly helps the, the D-hop case. Uh, with that said, I doubt I get to him much, if at all. Uh, do you like anything in this game? Because we might be able to just fly right through it. Yeah, old skinny jeans Levi's really let me down last week. You know, playing, I thought that was a great scoring environment against Tampa Bay secondary. But yeah. I think Tampa Bay figured out the secret. Just blitz him, and he just freaks out. He cannot handle it. So I think you're going to see Jacksonville just pin their ears back. They already have a good pass rush. And mm-hmm. I think uh, they're really going to get after old Levi's. And uh, with that, I, I, that makes me really like old Travis Etienne, right? Let me correlate a little Jacksonville defense and some Travis Etienne. Because um, let me me just go ahead and tell you, another guy that's not that guy is Tank Bigsby. He is not that guy. And uh, I think you're going to see E.T. on the field like the entire game. Yeah, I think Bigsby might have lost his job to Dearness Johnson at this point as the second running back. And for the record, I think Dearness Johnson's kind of good. Just throwing that out there. Um, All right. Yeah. So not much to talk about in this game, right? I mean, I know you like E.T.N. You like correlating it with the defense, but. I don't think I'm getting like a Will Levis to a Hopkins stack is not something I'm I'm interested in personally. Um, yep. Although not, I guess not after I, I that was my stack last week. And now after watching that game, I think I actually lost vision in my uh, both my eyes for about for about four hours. Well, listen, if if the game plan has to be for Levis when he's going into that game, I just got a four speed D hop. So, I mean, I do think there's an argument like in a big tournament. Like, and I hate I hate doing saying that because. I only play single entries in three max. So why would I be advocating you like throwing a single bullet into like the Millie maker? But I'm just saying it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility for a 5,200 Levis to hit D hop for 
I don't know, eight receptions and, and two of those go for a touchdown. But again, I'm not getting there, so I don't even know why I'm talking about it. All right, what, we're, what we are going to talk about before we get to my cheat sheet and Mike's top three at each position is the three four o'clock games. But before we do that, we're going to hear a message from our partners. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Buccaneers plus 12 at the 49ers. This is a 405 game. The next two games are 425 games, I believe. Listen, it's a 41 and a half point total. It's nothing super sexy, except for the fact that, I don't know, maybe the total's a little short here. I think the Niners will be able to score at will, and I think they're going to create some short fields for themselves against the Buccaneers with that pass rush. With that said, I do think the Buccaneers could hit a couple long balls here against this uh, San Francisco secondary. If Baker can get the ball out. Uh, to guys like Mike Evans, I, I think all of that's in play. We had a question about Brock Purdy. He's only 5,800, CMC 9,300. I'm personally not trying to decide between Debo and Ayuk and George Kittle, mm. but is Purdy in the conversation for you? Absolutely. 5,800 and an offense that has that big of an implied total, I think you'd be silly to not at least consider him, right? The problem with Purdy is, well, the good news about Purdy is he has great weapons all around him that make him a better quarterback than he really is. The bad news about Purdy is he has great weapons all around him, and we don't know which one to choose whenever we're trying to stack him at fantasy football. Yeah. Um, I would lean Brandon Ayuk, believe it or not. I think he is the one that benefits the most when all the weapons are there. I think he's the most uh, uh, electric in what we're looking for. I know Debo you know, is great at making people miss tackles, but, but Ayuk gets those big air yard plays and that's where a lot of the value in fantasy football comes from so if I were going to stack him I wouldn't even mind like a one and a half stack meaning that a true wide receiver like Ayuk and then a half wide receiver like McCaffrey who's also going to get you the rushing yards but also be involved in the passing game problem is you start to spend a lot of money especially if you want to run it back with Mike Evans you've basically committed your yeah. entire budget to that game and there is a chance that the 49ers just beat the brakes off of the Bucks, and that you have to be aware of that and that that lineup's going to be dead if this is a one-sided game yeah, I mean, I think in the afternoon slate where I, I typically play a decent amount of lineups, I will have a Purdy CMC stack only and with a Mike Evans run back, which is going to limit me a lot. And I think a lot of people are going to want to go in the afternoon slate, I'm talking, uh, to that Seahawks-Rams game because that makes sense with Matt Stafford coming back. We'll get to that game in a second. But um, I, at least I know I'll be different because I don't think people will want to pay up, especially if you add Ayuk to that stack. Again, I don't think I'm playing this game necessarily in the main slate, but in the afternoon slate, I think you can get – uh, creative and maybe overstack a game like this uh, with, again, a 41.5 point total that I personally think is a little short because I think the 49ers are going to be able to score pretty easily on that Buccaneers defense. Anything else on this game before we move to the dreaded Jets-Bills game? I mean, I would just say one more thing. Rashad White is another one of those guys. He's yeah. like a poor man's Josh Jacob. He's kind of game script proofed. If they're ahead, he's probably going to be highly involved. If they're behind, he's probably going to be highly involved. He gets so many targets out of the backfield. I don't think he's particularly good. He's like Joe Mixon, <laughs> but he just has so much volume. He gets there somehow. Totally agree. Rashad White is that guy that you, you all, you're always reluctant to play. But then afterward, I shouldn't say always, but the last few weeks, I mean, and by the way, that pass rush is going to get there. Okay. So a lot of dump offs to Rashad White. Baker is going to be running for his life. And, and while I do think he might be able to hit Mike Evans deep a, a couple times and Godwin's kind of been sort of not phased out, but he hasn't really been producing. I think it's Rashad White. I think it's Mike Evans. If you're considering anybody on the Bucks side, uh, Doug Craig says Kyron Williams at 4k at low ownership. 
Oh, well, he's low ownership because I don't think he's playing in week 11. I think he comes back in week 12. So I think unless I'm unless news just broke, I think it's Darrell Henderson that's going to be the running back. Uh, for the I mean, Rams. it is it is Friday news dump day. So it could, I mean, there could have been news that just broke, but I haven't seen that either. Yeah, Doug, if he's been activated and he's playing and you know that because it broke uh, this morning, uh, absolutely let me know. And Clinton says, no Kirk mentioned. I'm just not going to be in on that game. I think Christian Kirk is fine if you want to take a shot, but I, I just I don't have much interest. Listen, that's a bad Tennessee secondary. I get it. Throw, throw Christian Kirk in there, but I'm just not getting there. Uh, James, any thoughts on that? When you're playing a finite number of lineups, right? Like I only play maybe this week. I'm probably going to play about 10 to 12 lineups across some single entry and some three maxes. You got to just start Xing some games off, right? You can't have a little bit of exposure to all 11 yeah. games when you're only doing that. And so when I'm going to start Xing games off, uh, the, the, the Tennessee Jacksonville is just going to be a game that I X off. If anything, I'm considering ETN, but I know once I get to building, I'm probably not going to be able to afford a $7,200 ETN with some of the builds that I already am foreseeing in my, uh, uh, in my uh, roster construction. So that game's probably just going to get X'd out, just like the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Yeah, and just like probably the Jets-Bills game, Jets are plus seven at the Bills, 39.5 point total. I think a lot of people might be looking at Brees Hall and, and saying, well, that's a very reasonable price for Brees Hall. I'm out on that. I, I'm not going to do that. I think he's, what is he, 6,400. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really in on the Bills either. Um, I, I, I don't really like much in this game. I'm not going to play Josh Allen. I'm not going to play a Josh Allen stack. Uh, James Cook, we know he kind of rotates with Latavius Murray, especially after a couple fumbles last week. There's just nothing in this game I like. I'm a little worried. I mean, Leonard Fournette may get activated, and if he gets yeah. activated, I think he's going to get four to five carries, right? And that's probably mm-hmm. going to come from James Cook's equity, not from uh, Latavius Murray. So, you know, I'm a I'm a big James Cook uh, truther, but man, that guy just he has a case of fumbleitis, and he needs to he needs to seek help for it. Um, with the Brees Hall thing, he would be the one Jet that I'm interested in because I mean the guy is good, but uh, that offense is is just so hampered by by Zach Wilson just being god awful that uh, it's it, it gets tough to justify playing him because there's just he could get in a really bad script and when he gets in a bad script it's hard for him to score unless he busts that long run or long catch yeah i mean it kind of reminds me of saquon barkley's situation against the commanders it's like you know how many scoring opportunities are we going to have here and and are you willing to pay the 6400 when you know there's guys similarly situated that are a lot cheaper i mean you mentioned rashad white of course he's not the talent of Brees hall but can he outscore Brees hall potentially i mean maybe and he's 400 less i mean i think there's other probably better examples of that but uh, I, I'm going to be out on that. And I, again, on the bill side, uh, just nothing. I, I will say this about Brees Hall. I thought Dalvin Cook looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. And I'm not saying he's going to like really impact the carries, but I think he's going to get a couple more carries than people think. And that could frustrate uh, some, some Brees Hall uh, players, if you will. All right, the last game before we get to Mike's top three and my cheat sheet, Seahawks at the Rams. Seahawks minus one at the Rams. It's a 46 and a half point total, 46. It's dancing back and forth there. That's a really high total. And again, in the afternoon slate, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate here. It makes complete sense. It's all the more reason I kind of like that Brock Purdy stack in the afternoon slate. But with all that said, Matthew Stafford is back. We got Puka Nakua in play. I think he's having a slight knee issue, but I think he's fine. We got Cooper Cup in play. Uh, Kenneth Walker is in play to me. I- I don't know about Geno Smith, to be honest with you, and, and how he's hitting these receivers. I think Tyler Lockett is probably where I'd go. Maybe JSN. I'm out on DK Metcalf. What do you like in this game? So this this game checks the the Holy Trinity three boxes, right? It has a competitive total. It has stars, and it 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 like is in a dome. Those are the Holy Trinity of good scoring for DFS, and this checks all three of those. I, yep. I I'm really interested in in some pass catchers in this game. I I think that you know Cooper Cup is still that guy, and at 8100, you're getting a nine thousand dollar receiver for 8100 bucks. And when Matthew Stafford is around and alive and somewhat healthy, he still loves Cooper Cup. I even don't even mind Puka Nakua at 7100. That's about where he should be priced. And if the Rams are going to keep pace in this game, they're probably going to score in order of 24 to 28 points and likely have, you know, I would guess around 280 to 300 yards of passing. That's a lot of yards to go around for old Puka and for Cooper Cup. On the flip side, you're dismissing my boy DK Metcalf, which is insulting. I will (laughs) tell you, he did get 12 targets last week. He's not super efficient, but I do think that he is trending towards being back to healthy. And if I know one thing about fantasy football, when all else fails, play athleticism and there's not that you know outside of aj brown i don't know if there's a more freaky uh dude in the nfl at wide receiver than dk metcalf 
Yeah, I think what I might do in this game is is try to take because Gino has really been, I think, letting a lot of people down with that passing. I think overall, I think that would be the sentiment. I think I might go again. I don't know why I keep talking about the afternoon slate only, but it's just I, I just like to play it. So I, I think I might get the Kenneth Walker piece out of this game, go to that San Francisco game and then try to, if I can, try to jam in like a Puka Nakua. Uh, Cooper Cup, if I could afford him, or one of these uh, pass catchers. Uh, but this this isn't a game like this. Wouldn't be like a would Matt Stafford or Geno Smith be a top three stack for you, for example? Uh no, because uh, to me to be a top three stack, I'm almost always you're going to need to be like the most elite pocket passing quarterback ever for me to consider you in my stacks. I've really fallen in love with I need a little bit of rushing equity. You know, like when your quarterback can steal a rushing touchdown and 30 or 40 rushing yards, you know, those 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 10 points right there are huge, right? And some guys like, you know, Jared Goff and Geno Smith and Matthew Stafford, they're never going to give that to you. And so basically you're playing for those guys to get you 300 yards, get you the bonus, and usually you're going to need three touchdowns from them. And how many games a year do you get all those things? So this is why uh, I don't really ever have those guys that don't offer at least a little bit of rushing upside um, as as one of my stacks. Yeah, and by the way, when you mentioned the Holy Trinity, I think one of your variables was uh, the weather conditions, dome conditions, things of that nature. I do want to point out that the two games that really have the highest total, or I, I think they're the top two, I might be missing one, that Houston game, uh, obviously against uh, Kyler Murray and company, a, ru- a quarterback that can rush in a touchdown, Arizona, and then D- the Detroit Chargers game, those, those are both in a dome, okay? And they happen to have the highest totals, but they also happen to have like the sort of the best scoring environments, notwithstanding the fact that they're going to be in a dome. So something to consider, I will say the weather on the rest of the slate for these outdoor open air games, it's not bad. I don't see any like super windy conditions or any like, crazy rain that's coming down that can obviously change but we always do especially this time of year we always do want to focus on those premium game conditions and those domes usually uh are are where you want to start your target i would watch the cleveland game there's a chance there could be some sketchy weather there but you know that that, that the weather shouldn't scare you off that game the players should yeah that's what, I was, that's what i was gonna say like i've i've already like zeroed that out of my consciousness it's just not a game i'm going to play although again i think jerome ford is at least decent. Well, I should say Mike McClure thinks he's decent because Mike's top three at each position. I'll give him out right now. He's got Kyler Murray at quarterback. He's got Tua as his second one here, and he's got CJ Stroud as his third quarterback. So obviously he's trying to get a lot of pieces of that Texans Cardinals game. Makes a lot of sense. His how, top three running. Go ahead. How long am I going to have to wait before I get a formal written apology about this Kenny Pickett slander that I was promised would not happen? Kenny Pickett uh, was last very good against the team that I bet on at 7 o'clock last night who only had two wins against a six-win Boston College team, and they were favored, and I wasn't falling for it because I took the Pittsburgh Panthers, and they cleared it very easily. You're just going to double down on it. Okay. Okay. All right. Unbelievable. I, I, I think, yeah, I think the secret is out at this point that Kenny Pickett is probably a very good backup quarterback in this league, which isn't to take anything away from him. Like, so this is the NFL. You got to be elite even to be a backup quarterback. Well, that's not true for some of these teams. No, it's not uh, true. Anyway, uh, top three running backs. He's got Austin Eckler, which is interesting. So I brought Austin Eckler up, you know, as a as a run back in that Chargers game. Uh, you know, again, if you have the golf, Amon Ra, this is expensive. If you, if you have golf to Amon Ra, you bring it back. With Austin Eckler, maybe you think that Keenan Allen is, is a little banged up. You're going to see a lot of dump-offs to Eckler. I think this might be a really good time to play Eckler. Uh, Jerome Ford, he has, again, 5,200. He's looking for the value there. Speaking of value, he has Devin Singletary, who is 5,300 this week. I recall last week, I think he was 4,700. I don't think it's a huge price jump, especially since I don't think Damian Pierce is going to play. You'll have to monitor that. His top three receivers, Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown, that's the interesting part of that. I think he's in that 5,200 range. Um, it makes sense because I do think the, the while the targets weren't there for Marquise Brown, literally everybody out-targeted Marquise Brown last week. Michael Wilson, Rondale Moore, Trey McBride. But I do think it's going to bounce back to Marquise Brown. And since probably not many people are paying attention to him, might be a good time uh, to get that piece in this game. Uh, Trey McBride, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, those are his top three tight ends. I love Dalton Schultz. I love Trey McBride. I'll have lineups with two tight ends, and it'll be those two tight ends. Uh, any comments uh, on that, James, before we move to my cheat sheet? No, just that uh, Kenny Pickett is a really good quarterback, and I think that uh, Sia is going to secretly play him and win all the money this week. That's all I got. That's the only take I got. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I was I was actually going to say I'm putting Kenny I'm putting a Kenny Pickett stack in like the, like a, the Millie Maker, which I, I never do. <laughs> uh, but I can't even justify doing that honestly with rain and against Cleveland. Like I literally cannot justify that. Uh, my cheat sheet, you see it up here on YouTube. Hopefully, if you're watching, by the way, every time you come in here, hopefully you hit the like button as soon as you get in here. 
Uh, I would really appreciate that. But uh, my stack is Kyler Murray to Trey McBride. We already talked about that. We don't need to talk about it again. Uh, Devin Singletary is my value play. Normally, my value plays are sub 5K. Um, I would probably throw Christian Watson in there. I think that's something, again, this is a GPP play, not a not a cash play. But Devin Singletary, or I should say Christian Watson, is somebody that I do think can go off. Uh, Tank Dell at 5,900 is my chalk play. We'll see how chalky that gets or, or that that stays, but I, I do think he's going to be chalky in that game. My contrarian play, I mentioned him, Mike Evans at 7,400. I just don't think anybody's going to play him, and I really think he has two touchdown equity and one of those touchdowns. We know Baker Mayfield will just throw it up to him, and usually physically he can just grab the ball out of the sky because he's taller and he's bigger uh, than most of the DBs, especially those San Fran DBs that are trying to cover him. So that's my contrarian play at 7,400. My fate is going to be Brees Hall at 6,400. I just don't see the ceiling from Brees Hall. I think he's going to be just fine. Play him in cash if you want to. Play a lot of these guys in cash if you want to, especially uh, some of those in Mike's top three. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a no for me there. By the way, I didn't really emphasize uh, cash considerations uh, this particular show. So if you have questions, you can feel free to message me. And if, if you're, if you like a cash lineup, you, 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 you carved one out and you want to show it to me. Some people message me their, their cash lineups. And I don't, I don't mind looking at it. Not that I'm the authority James on cash lineups, but, um, cash versus tournament. Like it's a very, uh, it's a big split in terms of the, the players you want to choose. Uh, James, don't play, don't play, don't play Kenny Pickett in your cash lineups. Don't play Kenny. Pickett. That's free Unless advice. Not even charge him for that one. Yeah, unless you're trying to be funny, in, in which case that's actually really funny. And you could tweet that out. That would be amazing. Um, James, real quick, somebody asked before we get out of here, somebody asked uh, if I, I think they asked if I do uh, college football DFS, which which I, I don't. Um, but I know you do. So this would be a good time for everybody to, for you to tell everybody how they can get to your site and what you actually cover. Well, let's not bury the lead. Go hit the like, all right? Uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, uh, you know, thanks, Sia, for uh, putting out great content. Always do that whenever you do it. It helps us YouTubers out more than you'll ever yeah. know. Mm-hmm. As far as me, I'm just a sweaty tryhard who does, you know, PGA, NFL, and college football. College football is uh, ev- the, the dirtiest little secret in all of DFS because people get so intimidated by the number of teams, the number of players. It can be overwhelming. Uh, so over on my site, we basically just make this thing called the Rosetta Stone, which just simplifies everything down for you and makes it where you can still play DFS, but do it with an informed decision with projections, with a colored sheet about what's a cash play, what's a GPP play. Uh, and, and it just makes um, college football DFS fun because you know what helps Sunday get here a little bit faster playing DFS college football all day Saturday. That's what helps it get here a little bit faster. So uh, we have, we have quite the community over there. If you ever want to check it out, just, you know, go to my YouTube channel, degenerate 75 Ron Burgundy is the, uh, is the moniker or just come over to my website, degen 75.com. I also have a newsletter. If you sign up for that, I'll give you a free week on the website because then once people have a free week they tend to just kind of stay around absolutely uh i'm convinced and in that that rosetta stone which i would call like kind of like a cheat sheet but you call it the rosetta stone is uh different than anything i've ever seen and it's just so detailed and it's so easy to navigate so uh i think that's just one of the best things in the dfs market right now so james you're one of the best guys in the dfs market i really appreciate you joining the show uh, and uh, that's going to be it. We're going to have Mike back, of course, next Friday. Uh, next Friday at 11, we'll be doing the game-by-game breakdown for Week 12. I can't believe it. And then, of course, Tuesday, it's me and Meg Schaub. We're going to be talking about Week 11, a little bit of recapping, but really that show is mostly an early look at Week 12. So we'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hitting the like button, and have a great Sunday. Sunday.